Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz? Yes. I'm trying to find something exciting in 80s history. There are a couple good ones back in, this week, back in the 80s. Nothing okay. too exciting. On this date in 1984, Corey Hart released Sunglasses at Night. This is at night. Sunglasses at night. That okay, was a good I remember one. That. that was popular. Um, in 1983, the Eurythmics released their hit single Sweet Dreams. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's some good cheesy 80s music. Um, let's see. No really good movies yet. What what is it? January? You know, what whatever really happens in January, nothing good. Although I do believe, I think today is the space shuttle anniversary. For some reason, I was, isn't it January 26th? I don't know. It's January 25th today, so I haven't seen it. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. So that's, it's tomorrow. You don't know what day it is. See, that's. Don't. Still good. Still recovering from my, my illin, illness. Um, that's right. So that was 1986. Wow crazy here's um so i follow these of course i follow 80s stuff on social media and on the chart this week um this is the club play chart so this is what was playing in clubs in 1987 and i recognize almost none of these songs so the first one is by expose (laughs) do you remember them Oh yeah, I have them on my workout list. They're, I love. Okay, that. come go, come go with me. Come go with by me. Exposé. Come go with me. That's, That's a good one. All right, you know it. Okay, I'm trying to find some that I even remember. Oh, Madonna, open your heart. Okay, yeah. that was another one. Um, Pet Shop Boys, disco. Love Pet Shop Boys. Also, one of my favorite songs ever by my favorite band. One of my favorite bands, New Order, Bizarre Love Triangle, was on the charts. Um, Janet Jackson, Control. Control. You know that one? Oh, yeah. Yep. That was on the charts. Um, let's see what else. Stacy Q. Yeah. Singing We Connect. Um, two I, I know hearts. Two of Hearts. Is two that hearts We Connect? That Maybe. I don't know the name of it. I, I just know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do it know it of the her. fine young candle oh you want to keep saying you want to keep going i'm done no no i'm totally right. over and then fine young cannibals also a great band ever fallen in love um that's a good song too from them um oh yeah and new edition once in a lifetime groove anyway th- that's what we're playing oh craft work music non-stop so that's what was playing in the clubs in 1987 the week of january 24th so all right i have to remember that we had a i went i went to eastern illinois university or if there's any panthers out there and our dance club was called crackers and tuesday night was the big night to go out so i do recall cutting a rug to some of those definitely expose stacy q madonna of course so yeah i do remember some of that too um interesting so that's our 80s uh flashback for the week so let's move on to 
the dumpster fire that is America. Um, so we have uh, a, an unusual, a noteworthy occurrence, which is a Republican governor. His testicles have descended out how, of his body. How is this possible? How? I know. What went wrong? Yeah. Did he? So, is he? Did he have um, a transgender? Is he? Is he someone, transitioning? Someone's slipping him testosterone. He's getting like tea. <laughs> someone's slipping him some tea. But I must say that Governor Greg Abbott has his testicles have finally dropped, and he <laughs> is fighting with the federal government because the Biden administration is not controlling the border. And there was a recent court case that went all the way to the court because the Texas National Guard was blocking the Border Patrol from allowing people to come into the country, like just willy nilly. Come on in. Water's fine. So that went to the Supreme Court. And John Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett, super glad I defended her, uh, sided with uh, the left wing of the Supreme Court, and they affirm the government's right to neglect the border, basically. And so uh, Greg Abbott was basically responded, get fucked, you know, um, no. And they're going to continue to uh, keep out the National Guard and um, keep the National Guard and block and put up razor wire and stop people from coming in through the southern border because. This is a terrible burden on Texas and other states. I mean, kudos to uh, Abbott and these other governors from shipping and busing these migrants or these illegal aliens to other states. I know New York has trouble. I read a story this morning that the illegal immigrants are living basically in Logan Airport in Boston. I know Chicago has some problems. I think I saw some pictures from O'Hare where people are yeah. just piled up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I don't even know how many millions. I think the estimate I've seen like three million people have come into this country illegally since Biden took office. And that's just the the numbers that we can count. That's not people who just sneak in. Those are people that just come to the just walk across and I guess are handed, you know, like a hot towel and a mint by our border patrol. Um, welcome to the U.S. A mint? So, a a mint. mint? How about a cell phone and I know. Like a $5,000 airline ticket? <laughs> Did you see somebody posted a picture of like, okay, <laughs> here's your Montclair vest and uh <laughs> And a refreshing drink. Uh, somebody posted a picture on Twitter of the airline ticket that they get airline tickets to go where they want. And there's just no information on it. It's just like airline ticket, unidentified person. Now, you and I get basically like an anal probe at TSA, you know, yeah. before we can get on the plane. Yeah. And these people are just whoever they are. We don't know. Uh, you know, just go, you're free to go. You're free to just fly wherever, you know, security check, no problem, uh, really bad. And there's a deal now. They're trying to work out a deal. The Republicans, some of them, some of them are fighting with uh, 
the establishment Republicans and against the Democrats to tighten up our border security if they want funding for Ukraine. That's the big that's the sort of deal that's being made. The Republicans believe that if they um, agree to Ukraine, only if the Democrats agree to border, like border enforcement. But that's a you can't trust them that deal anyway. I mean, I understand why they're doing it because they want to make a deal, but it's not a deal because the Biden administration is not going to enforce the border. They're just going to get more money for more border patrol to hand out breath mints and Zevia or whatever the fuck they give people at the border. Um, probably Avion or something, Julie, do you think? Like they get them a chilled Avion. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a nice cool towel or w- whatever. So, this the deal is really bad. But anyway, back to Texas. So Texas is not having it. And I'm impressed that uh, Abbott has because Abbott, you know, hasn't done anything really for a while. It's not like we didn't know this was going to happen or that it was happening. I mean, we all knew what was going to happen when Biden took office. He immediately reversed everything Trump did and opened up the border. So it's taken about two years for this guy to like, again, have his testicles drop and do something. So I'm happy that he's doing something, but, you know, he should have done it three million people ago. So the good news is that there are other states that have signed on to support Texas in their response to the federal government, which is basically like you have an obligation to defend the border and you're not. So we are. Um, And so these states are the ones that, that are supporting Texas using the National Guard to keep the border, to to shut the border down or to, you know, to tighten the border up. And that is Arkansas, Florida, Iowa, Idaho, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. So, you know, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. So that's 13 states. That's pretty good. Um, Every Republican state should sign on to this. Yes. Like immediately, like if you're a Republican governor and you're not on this list, you need to be you need to be voted out of office. Um, or even because, not even non. Well, what about like the governor of Arizona? Well, she's a dumb bitch. I mean, she's not going to do anything. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if people look, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, you get the representatives you deserve, you know, and, and and I have no sympathy for people in New York City or any of these big cities nope. that are bitching about about the migrants and the crime and the rapes. You know, you live there. You voted for this. You, you're an overwhelming Democrat registered city. You vote Democrat. You voted for your elected officials to do this. Um, but these other states that have Republicans in office, they didn't vote for that. So they need and they those states get drained. Resources get drained. These people come in with kids. Those kids cost money for school districts. They cost money in hospitals. People, you know, they don't have health care. So they go to emergency rooms. Well, that drains resources. So I hope you don't need anything like when you go to the emergency room because there's extra people there getting medical treatment because we've let them in. So they drain community resources. We can't even take care of our own people, right? San Francisco's littered with homeless people and piles of shit, and it's a a nightmare. So this is a terrible drain on the states. So every state should get behind it, but, you know, they're definitely party over country 
for Democrats and a lot of Republicans. But most but every Republican governor needs to get get behind this. And if this is how this country goes down, then this is how this country goes down. Because this is a real fundamental I mean, the, issue. What else could possibly be more important, more critical, a bigger abdicate, intentional abdication of authority and power by the Biden regime, Department of Homeland Security, everyone involved then, I mean, I think in Greg Abbott's letter, he said over three three years since Biden has been in the White House, six million illegals yeah, have crossed there the border. You are six million. Six million coming if, to your I mean, city. If we're believing those numbers. I think it's probably yes. more because, like I said, you know, that's what goes through some semblance of an official channel. We have no idea who, how many are sneaking. And. It's not just a question of draining resources, right? It's a question of who the hell is coming into this country because Joe Biden has got us involved in a bunch of wars now. We're got a bunch of wars. We have overt wars and, you know, secret wars. So, or, you know, we don't speak of it like China. We we don't, you know, who knows who's coming in here from China? We don't know. Um, we also don't know who's coming in here from Hezbollah. Or Hamas, where, you know, uh, Biden has helped, you know, continue that that uh, war because he's kind of tying Israel's hands. So that continues. We're in somehow the U.S. is involved with the Ukraine versus Russia war. So we've got a bunch of wars. We've got got uh, other shit, got pirates. You know, we have the Houthis coming after us. The idea that we would not keep an eye on who's coming into this country is outrageous, absolutely outrageous. Right. So this is well, they caught the one guy. Net. They the one guy said, you know, where where are you from or where do you come from? And he's like, oh, you'll find out soon enough. And then I think a journalist identified him as someone who was a terrorist who was in jail, let out, and now he's got. He's here, stuff. great. That's great. I hope he's not in your neighborhood or my neighborhood, but you know, we don't know. We don't know where he is, but he's probably living in a hotel. He could be living in a like the Ritz Carlton in New York, since I think in New York they've taken over hotels, right? Like to yes, yeah, to house them. I know there was some. Um, I think it was the mayor of your town, Naperville, who has offered. I think made a, a nice offer of for people who want to welcome our you know, illegal alien okay, so friends. Let me address the misinterpretation. And I love, no, I love that. I think it's, okay, no, some I, people thought I was serious. Like, oh, hey, yeah, I'll have, like he was dead on. And I grew up in Naperville. It's a big city now. I think it's the third largest city in Illinois, very affluent suburb west of the city. A lot of corporations, some fortune 100 companies are based there. Your typical affluent, suburban cul-de-sac wine mom has turned that town once of course reliably red to you know pretty much blue and these are the hate has no home coexist you know they're oh all that <laughs> shit so for this councilman to say okay good we're hearing from both sides because Naperville's a huge town obviously illegals are getting dumped there from the city or wherever so he was saying okay we'll sign up your McMansion you know, in Hobson West or Hobson Trails or Hobson Roads, you know, those are all the she-she big old subdivisions there. And um, you could take in some some 
to migrants. I love that. I Let's thought put it was your money great. where your mouth is. I've long said that too. And I want not, I mean, good for him because those are exactly the people that need to be called out, which is like, why don't you let some military aged males live in your home with, you know, your 12 year old daughter, Kaylee or Kaylee with a hundred vowels or whatever, Madison, Madison, whatever they're fucking with a Y, you know, whatever their names are. Why don't you do that? But also where are our Hollywood friends? Where are our Hollywood friends with their big Hollywood Hills mansions? Why don't you take in a couple if you're whatever, $10 million, 50 bedroom uh, state, you got room. Let's get, get on in there. Um, Of course, these people are, it's very nimby, right? They don't want the dirty people around them. And of course they live in gated communities. So they don't have, they're not confronted with this or um, like in New York where people are pushed onto subway tracks. Or I think I read another Illinois related story about how the Oak Brook mall, there was like some gang of illegal aliens responsible for all the robberies at the Oak Brook Mall, which is a high-end mall. I know it. I know Julie knows it. We know it. We shop there. Um, And they were like Gucci and all those stores were just, they were just being ransacked. And apparently it was because there was a mob of illegal aliens that were doing it. So um, it's not even just in cities anymore. Now, will that change? You know, Julie, what do you think? Do you think that? I mean, I grew up in Naperville cut my political teeth in DuPage County, which is where Oak Brook Mall is and Naperville is. Most of Naperville is in DuPage County. Some of it is in Will. Um, so this was the most one of the most Republican counties in the country for decades. Yeah. And just last year, they elected, or I'm sorry, I guess it was 2022. They elected their first Democrat countywide county board chairman. So oh, okay. that's what you get. So when you, you know, hate Trump so much in his tweets, which you're not even on Twitter because it's too confusing for you to figure out. So, you know, you're on your Facebook friends or Instagram or whoever, <laughs> and people are telling you that Trump is so mean. So then you vote for all Democrats. I think I think every Congress rep from DuPage County now is a Democrat. Unbelievably, now their county board chairman is their sheriff isn't. Luckily, he's still a Republican. Um, so, but he's, you know, it's right up against Cook County in the city. So you have people coming in from the city or Cook County, they go to Oak Brook Mall. It's right over the border. It's very, you can access Oak Brook from like five different expressways. So they go in there, rob place blind and, and take off. So, and once they hit Cook County, you know, DuPage, they'll chase you down, but they're not going to in Cook. So anyway, you know, I was in Nordstrom's last week, this last weekend. Um, I can't remember why I went there, but I went there and I bought, I bought something and I paid for it. But while I was paying for it, it was expensive. But while I was, pay- I bought it. Okay. I bought a candle. I'm not going to say how much it cost, but it cost. Was it a candle? No, it was a diptyque candle. Cause that's my favorite. It was a diptyque black bays candle. Yeah. You can look that up and find out how much they cost. I bought the oh, big I'm one. Not, I'm going to. Okay. Yeah, you should. It's great. Anyway, it smells. It's my favorite candle. Anyway, so while I'm like holding it, I take it off the shelf, and a lot of stuff. Like, I was in the perfume area. There's no samples out anymore. You know, we used to go and you could walk by and you could sample, like, oh, it's new perfume by Chanel, whatever. You could just try it. None of it. There's nothing. Like, there's nothing you can just pick up, like, and take. But they had the candles on the shelf. And as I took it, I thought to myself, 
what are they going to do if I just pick this up and walk out the front door and don't pay for it? You know, I mean, <laughs> because I mean, I did pay for it, but I'm not a, a criminal, I'm not a thief. But I was thinking, you know, someone else could literally just come in and, and take it, you know, and just walk out with it and n- nothing would happen to them. No one would chase them. Nope. There would be nothing. No, nothing. Um, so just th- that's kind of where we are as a culture. And that's very disgusting. It's very sad. So yeah, it really is. Um, so, well, we'll see what, so what do you think happens from here? This has certainly escalated the situation. Republican governors are joining in. Um, you know, what, what, what's next? What's the next step? Well, you know, what we're seeing now in the Congress and the Senate is again, this, um, debate over how are they going to get Ukraine funding and border funding? They're trying to make a deal. Um, now the Republicans in the Senate are horrible. There's just a handful that aren't fucking evil incarnate. So, but it looks like they're getting pressured because the states are hurting from this. And that is what translates into political action is when people actually go after their representatives in a large way. Um, so people need to keep applying pressure to their Senate to see, um, to keep them from caving because they're more than happy to cave. I mean, Johnson kind of already did on uh, the, the on the budget, but I don't think the House would ever vote on what passes the Senate. I, I mean, I think the House should just send them what they want and be like, you can sign it or fuck off and shut it down. I mean, this idea that that it's bad to shut down the government is a myth that the media and the left likes to get out there and scare people. But there's. There's no problem. Shut it down. Shut it down then. Just say, well, we're going to play chicken. It's an election year. Shut it down. Shut it down. And, you know, do they have the stones to do it? I think the budget's funded to March, maybe. So, like, another month. But don't be bullied. Don't go in and say, we're not going to shut the government down. And that's your opening mark. When you make a deal with someone, you don't tell them where you're going to stop. You know, you don't tell them what you're not going to do. You go in there and, you know, you make make people earn it. You make you make a deal. So going in there and showing your belly uh, like Johnson did by saying, well, we're not going to shut the government down. Well, that's the only tool they have. So you better shut it down. And people don't care. I don't think that it's as politically toxic as the media and the left wants to scare you. And just because the New York Times thinks it's a problem, who cares what those people think? They're useless anyway. Uh, so I, it's hard to say what's going to happen, but I hope that the states stand strong and more states get on board with what Abbott is doing because they can't afford it to continue to do this. And every citizen who lives in those states that uses any amount of social services, well, that's a lot of people, um, including like public education, um, and public health resources and police, which are going to be taxed. I guess the police that do enforce the locks, it really doesn't seem like they're doing that anymore either. Um, you know, that hurts your, that hurts you. That hurts you that this is that out of control. And I don't know if the Democrats are hold, are trying to maneuver the Republicans into amnesty, right? They want to make an amnesty deal. Like, and of course, we've heard this song before, people. We've heard the song that we're, we'll give amnesty for increased border security. Do you, is this... Is this familiar? 
it should be familiar (laughs) because this has happened before. It never works out. All we do is get more border patrol to let them in. They're not border patrol enforcing the law. So and what's really concerning is all these people, six million people have. And that, again, conservative estimate are now in this country ahead of the 2024 election, where how many states don't require photo ID or proof of citizenship to vote? A lot. Right. That is that is a margin of error right there. A huge margin. You know, that is that is a win or a loss. Six million. So in the right places. And I'm sure there are in the right places because it's not by chance. So we have a ugly fight. And let's hope that these states stand strong. So if you live in a state that is a Republican governor and they haven't signed on to that list, you need to make a phone call and you need to say you need to sign that let you need to get on board with this. So very important, very critical issue in this country, not sort of one of these boutique issues that's, um, you know, policy wonk or just abstract that people don't understand, like cap and trade or something. No, this is serious, serious, serious. So I'm just crossing my fingers that these states stand strong and that Abbott's testicles stay descended. They don't go back up inside of him like when he was when he was like a zygote or something. And he he remains a full man. And let's hope. Well, I think, too, the fact that he's getting support now. From other governors, you know, that always helps, but it's a a good sign. But now the scuttlebutt, the rumor is that it is Donald Trump who wants to keep the border open, is trying to kill whatever we're being told. You just said this bogus, you know, uh, uh, border control bill, which is really just Ukraine funding bill. Yeah. Um, but now you got Mitt Romney running around talking to CNN, Manju Raju or whatever his name is, saying that <laughs> it's Donald Trump who wants to keep the border open so he can use it as an issue. Look, there's no way the Biden regime is going to shut down the, the or Senate Republicans like Mitt Romney are going to shut down the border. They're, they're not. They're, they're not, not. going to do it. So but now they're trying to blame Trump for this. So, yeah, because these look, these are the, the Manu Raju's readership you know, is like a room temperature IQ cohort, right? These are dummies. They believe what they're told. And they saw an article on Facebook, like Julie said, or a picture on Instagram, because even Facebook might be a challenge for some of these people. And, you know, orange man bad. And they would believe that Donald Trump, you know, is about open borders. (laughs) You know, it's just so silly um, when you think about it. But people do believe it and that they need to spin it. You know, it's like they're desperate to try and get some political, um, you know, cachet out of this. Right. Even if it goes against what I mean, if if Donald Trump were for open borders, then why isn't Joe Biden applauding him? You know, Manu Raju should be excited then if Donald Trump wants open borders, I guess. Exactly. So that it's an election year. I mean, didn't you get what you want? Isn't that exciting for you? And it, it's it's laughable. And this is going to keep going. I mean, this isn't going to be resolved quickly. And I don't think the Biden I mean, there. I believe this is going to come to a real serious head because and I it might involve Abbott backing down. The Biden administration is not going to shut the border. They're not going to enforce the border and there's not going to be a deal where the border gets enforced. It's just not going to happen. They can't do it. That's like their whole animus. It's, it's like a huge part of their platform is 
this open border stuff. So the only move is there's going to either be a very serious crucible or Abbott backs down. And there's like some deal that partially allows him to save face. So it's like it's going to be like a word salad, you know, where they announce, well, Abbott comes out and says, I've made a deal with, um, you know, with with the Biden administration. And then there's just going to be like a word salad that's empty and meaningless. And the border's not enforced that. But the word salad will be there for so he can, um, you know, save face. That's. That's the other option that's going to happen. And I pray it's not that. I'm not optimistic because I have such a low opinion of just politicians in general. But there's one thing that is for sure, and that is that the Biden administration and the Democrats are never going to enforce the border. So, and like I said, this is the biggest issue ever. So they need to, they need to prepare. People need to prepare for a long fight over this and put their foot down. And I don't even know what, I mean, is, could Biden send the military in to fight the Texas national guard? My money's on the Texas national guard since all our military is full of trannies and estrogen soy boys. So I don't know. But I mean, what do you think? that That could happen. Right. I mean, I don't know what the military would do in that situation, but um, if I don't he's think they can fall- do. No, I don't think so. Although, you know, there is this movie coming out, <laughs> I think in <laughs> April, about Civil War. And I think it sort of starts like all things in the South. So who knows? Maybe that was the harbinger of things to come or this is of the movie or something. I don't know, but it could it's going to get interesting and potentially ugly. So. Well, I welcome it because I'm like, at this point, I'm an accelerationist. I'm like, the crazier shit gets, the better. I mean, people oh. need to see the consequences of their political choices and their and their complacency, really, the, the consequences of their complacency. So there we go. There we go. Oh, so I know we didn't talk <laughs> about this in our pre-show, our 30-second pre-show meeting <laughs> our deep, our but, deep prep for our show our, yeah our deep dive for 30 <laughs> seconds on what, are, what the hell are we going to talk about do you have your 80s stuff um yeah that's peter navarro your 80s thing okay let's go <laughs> let's go we're ready we go in raw dog we just go in um okay peter navarro has been yeah. sentenced to four months in jail for Correct. refusing to participate in the january Damn. democrats January 6th Jamboree, their unconstitutional uh, primetime movie of the week, right? Remember that when we had movies of the week, they were like, because there was nothing on TV. It was like a movie of the week. And uh, so he refused to participate and he has been um, sentenced to jail, his concurrent statements, uh, sentences. So, yeah, that's fine. Yes, so he was, um, of course, like everyone, convicted by an all-Democrat D.C. jury in September of two counts, um, contempt of Congress, which January 6th select committee sent to DOJ, and they were only too happy. Matthew Graves, the D.C. U.S. attorney, to charge both Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon with contempt of Congress. Both were convicted by D.C. jury. Steve Bannon also sentenced four months. That is on appeal. You can't appeal until you are sentenced, so... Bannon's appeal has already been heard by a panel at the D.C. Circuit, still awaiting that 
decision um, and then Peter Navarro sentenced today by Obama Judge Amit Mehta, who apparently doesn't care that um, police officers lied on the stand in the tr- in his courtroom in the trial of the Oath Keepers, lied about their whereabouts and their interactions with the Oath Keepers. Mehta doesn't care about that, but lectured Peter Navarro incessantly today uh, about, you know, not fulfilling his duty, following the rule of law, blah, 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 and could, and, you know, this select committee was trying to get to the bottom of a terrible day in American history. And Peter Navarro, because he wouldn't turn over his emails to Benny Thompson, somehow thwarted that sincere, quote unquote, effort. Um, so sentenced four months, and that will be on appeal as well. All right. Well, now, of course, all of this is happening was with more news related to the January 6th Select Committee destroying evidence. Representative Barry Loudermilk again said this week that his investigators have come across over 100 files that were deleted by the January 6th Select Committee a day or two before Republicans took over the House in 2023. And they were able to retrieve, extract and retrieve those files, but they're encrypted. So they need the passwords to open them. It looks like these are more transcripts. And this is really a big issue with the January 6th Select Committee, the first one, Benny Thompson's, that they apparently destroyed all of the video recordings of 1,000 plus witness um, interviews that were conducted by the January 6th Committee. And he basically told Loudermilk, well, we didn't need to keep them. You have the written transcripts. That's all you need. Um, and, but there are written transcripts also missing, including some taken by Secret Service agents, more missing Secret Service records, by the way, including all of their text messages, which were deleted and never recovered. So um, more instances of so here you have Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon convicted of contempt of Congress, yet you have sitting members of the House of Representatives who destroyed evidence on keep not just the congressional record. This is evidence, potentially exculpatory evidence that could be used in ongoing criminal cases for January 6th defendants, including Donald Trump. So they just decided they used the cover of Congress, congressional subpoenas. If you defied them, you got in big trouble like we just saw. But yet they single handedly decided what evidence they would destroy conceal, hide at the Biden White House, which there are still transcripts sitting there for over a year, allegedly undergoing a national security review. Those also are believed to be tied to the Secret Service. So all of these are still concealed while you have people being convicted and sentenced without a full accounting of all the evidence available um, about that day. So that's not suspicious at all. I mean, it, you know, that doesn't no. if, if no. that doesn't say we're legitimate, you know, <laughs> if, if this was if this was above board and an honest investigation into the greatest national security threat America has ever faced since its birth, then why would you hide anything? Wouldn't you want everything to be public? Right. right? I mean, if it, it, this is just proof of what a joke we already knew that but it's just more proof and i hope that 
there's a big fight over the password. Like if they can't encrypt unencrypt it, um, that would really just show how disingenuous and what a crock of shit this that this whole thing is now you know are there people that are still open to uh change their mind on on january 6th i don't know um i think people are pretty pretty set in what they believe you know the cnn watchers believe what i just said this was the world's worst actually the world not even america just the the, worst the history in the history, history of, the of planet Earth, in the history of planet of Earth, humanity. Really. I mean, even this goes back like, to the ape, ape era, like nothing. Even this before was the asteroid came and wiped out the dinosaurs, okay, this was worse than that. So if that's true, you know, those people that watch CNN and NPR and read, I don't know, a lot of these places I was going to name are folded, but Vice or whatever, you know, rag. Uh, are those people like open to saying, hey, wait a minute? You know, I think some of them probably are. But the more evidence that amasses that this was garbage, it, the better. However, as I say every week on the show, the process is the punishment. It served its purpose. You know, right. it served its purpose. And there'll be no consequences for this. Just like there are no consequences for police officers lying under oath about the oath keepers there's not going to be consequences for that either so or for hunter biden or for anyone else who lies under oath like clapper and comey and all of them and ray so you know it's just drip 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 but i i would love to i bet the democrats aren't going to cooperate and give the you know give the encrypt the password or help unencrypt that stuff, but I hope it does get unencrypted and it makes it public and it's terrible. I hope so too. And even more concerning, this issue came up in Donald Trump's and the January 6th trial case in Washington and both special counsel Jack Smith on behalf of the department of justice and judge Tanya, Tanya Chutkin called Trump's lawyers, defense lawyers' attempts to get their hands on these videos a fishing expedition. Basically said, Mm -hmm. you don't need these videos. You have the transcripts. Can you imagine Department of Justice and a federal judge, of course, green lights the destruction of evidence instead of saying, no, you need to produce that because we don't know if these written transcripts are accurate. You can't tell nonverbal, tell a lot. That's why Okay, well, FBI, just call me on the phone and and interview me. No, that's why you interview people in person, because you can detect when they're lying. We already know Cassidy Hutchinson lied her ass off. Her lawyers gave um, the committee a 15-page what's called errata, where they changed all of her original statements to make, make it sound worse. So then she and her lawyer made up in the latter interviews, I think she gave five interviews, where she basically said, no, there wasn't anything about weapons. No, I didn't hear anything about this. No, there. then she changed her entire story to over-dramatize and fabricate it. So, you know, we've seen little clips of Cassidy Hutchinson, but we haven't seen her first two interviews with one lawyer and then switch lawyers and then, you know, made up all these stories about what happened. Furthermore, and there'll be no consequences not- for her either. Like, no. she's not, they're just like, that's fine. That's fine. But Peter Navarro is 
for four months? Well, to your point, just to go, you know, the January 6th narrative, and you could see the panic in the media. You could see the panic, see it from some of my corporate reporter, J6 beat friends um, and Democrats. And then I'm going to read part of this absolute tirade from a federal judge in Washington that was posted today, taking on these conspiracy theorists and how dare lawmakers refer to J6ers as political prisoners or hostages, of course, going right at Elise Stefanik. So they are really panicked because the narrative is crumbling. And I think, again, this pipe bomb video, the story that Darren Beatty did and posted at Revolver, showing this inexplicable, lackadaisical response to finding an explosive device outside the DNC where Kamala Harris was. I know. So if you, anybody hasn't seen that video, you need, you can either go to my subject, I posted or go to Revolver and check it out. That makes no sense. People's minds are blown. Like, wait a second. There's like kids walking by the bomb and they're just like, whatever. Like, they're just, it's like they're eating donuts or something. They just, no, they're not eating donuts. But they, if, if this was those explosive, this was actually an explosive device where people were in danger or let's say in the real world, right? If this were really what it, we were told it was, these people would be freaking out. They would be moving people away. They would have, you know, radioed in to get Kamala out or whatever. They would have set up a perimeter. They would have like a robot try and go get the bomb. I mean, this is not how you behave. If you really think that this is a deadly explosive device. So that isn't, keep in mind, a separate device had been found, quote unquote, found. Right. Outside the like RNC. 20 minutes earlier, yeah. a few blocks away outside the RNC headquarters just happened to be found by a woman who's tied to law enforcement, just thought she'd do her laundry 15 minutes before the joint session started. And whoopsie, oh, look, there's some wires in a, in a plastic, to all of us. In a kitchen. <laughs> right. Oh, never mind that she works for first net which is a law enforcement public private partnership that had just got 92 million dollars from the fbi the month before nothing to see there either but that bulletin had already gone out and it wasn't just the secret service there it was metropolitan police so they certainly would have been notified that a bomb had been found you know oh Oh, yeah everybody would have been notified yeah so everybody would have been notified there would have been no agency or law enforcement agent you know group that was not told that that a bomb had just been found outside the rnc and then someone says hey there's another bomb outside the dnc and it's just like it's like they're playing cards or something you know they just do not give a shit and people are walking around and you know the secret service is supposed to be protecting the life of the vice president who's inside the dnc so basically what we're supposed to believe is that there was an assassination attempt on the vice president of the United States and the secret service and the police could give a shit. The Capitol police, the metropolitan police in DC, they just were like, whatever. That's what we're expected to believe uh, based on this video that we just watched that, that, that this was a credible threat at all is a joke. Um, And also I'm almost certain I know I say this every time we talk about the bomb because it's just so incredible that anybody could even look at this thing and believe it was dangerous and an actual attempt. There's a 60 minute kitchen timer attached to something. I don't know what 
for something. It's anyone who has a timer in the kitchen, that is 60 minutes. So if it was set the night before, that thing was going to go off in 60 minutes or it was nothing. I mean, it's just just on its face. I mean, clock meds, like remember clock med from uh, Irving, Texas, who (laughs) made the clock clock that looked just like a bomb. That looked more like a bomb than what was outside the RNC and the DNC, just casually looking at it. You know, you don't even need to call it. My Dyson hairdryer looks more like an explosive device than the thing that that was found by the DNC. Like, come on. Exactly. And I said this right away. I mean, as soon as there were pictures of the bomb, which came out, I don't know, a couple days after, I was like, really? That's a, I mean, I've seen enough like Mission Impossible movies to know that that's a 60 minute timer. That's not going to go off the next day when Kamala's at the DNC. But the point of the expose is that it almost, it appears as if the Secret Service and Metropolitan PD and whoever else was there, the Capitol Police, knew ahead of time that when someone went up to them and said, there's a bomb in front of the DNC, that they already knew it wasn't a real bomb because they didn't act like it was a real bomb. And that's quite damning, quite damning. But And then if you go out even further, so then I an article on my Substack and Dan Bongino, I posted on Twitter. He did absolutely hilarious walk through my article on Wednesday. Um, how, why does Kamala Harris not talk about her near death experience? Yeah. At the DNC? Right. Right. She almost lost life and limb to a white supremacist MAGA bomber. And no one right. talks about this. Do we not care about Kamala Dark Harris? MAGA. The dark MAGA bomber, not just a MAGA bomber, but that's a good, you know, she is a woman of many words, as we know, <laughs> although they're not in order many, and they don't mean anything. <laughs> no one understands <laughs> them, but she still has words. She says them. So, you know, uh, why isn't Kamala out there? Truly, where's the lifetime made for TV movie, uh, the Kamala what? Harris story, you know, how she survived, like almost being bombed by dark MAGA forces, you know? Right. Um, she probably, she had no, I bet she had no idea any of this was going on until way after, you know, that nobody went and told her, ma'am, we've just found a bomb outside the building that you're in, you know, like nobody even told her, which if it were real, that's exactly what they would do. They would hustle. They would hustle and move her out fast. I mean, if um, you were Kamala Harris or let's say you're the second gentleman, wouldn't you want those officers fired for their nonchalant response <laughs> to the near <laughs> murder of your wife? I don't know. We Where's don't know the about justice? their marriage. Just, we justice don't know about their Kamala? marriage, Julie. Maybe, maybe he thought, hey, this could work for everybody. Maybe he's a bobber. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's terrible. Okay, yes, um, just- that was a joke, people. Don't. That's a joke. We're kidding. Don't sue him. The hour. There's no harm to anybody here at all. We just. No, like but she tweet. never talk. She never talks no. about it. She posted a tweet at five o'clock on January six. Never mentions it. She gave a whole speech the next day, six minutes, talking about how J sixers were treated differently than the BLM rioters. You could say that again. That's for sure. Never mentions that a bomber's on the loose. Still, no reporters ever asked her about it. Merrick Garland and Chris Ray make up lies about police officers dying on January 6th, but never bring this up. 
the FBI once a year on the anniversary when they have to be like, all right, let's pretend that there was a bomber and it wasn't us. Okay, so they give a long press release, $500,000 reward, never mention, even though they say it was found outside the DNC, never mention that Kamala Harris was there. And keep in mind, she wasn't just the incoming vice president. She's a sitting U.S. senator at the time. Yeah, that's right. That's another thing. She was a sitting U.S. senator, and they're more important than regular people. But we're 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 never gonna find the bomber, Julie. <laughs> so, the, the, and I'm like, said bomber with air quotes. Like we're right. never gonna solve this case. It, it's it it served its purpose, right? The narrative after January 6th was like a mob of dark MAGA white supremacists tried to overthrow the U.S. government with flags and signs and you know, uh, make America great red hats. Yeah. And, you know, and they, were, they were set up bombs outside the RNC and the DNC. That's the narrative. And that went on for months and months and months. So it served its purpose. And it doesn't matter how much video comes out. And I, I do want to say this. Kudos to Darren, but also kudos to Tom Massey, who helped get this, helped Darren get this True. footage. Yeah. Um, he fought for this. And he is sure. one of the only good elected officials in America is Tom Massey, and he is running for re-election. So go to his website and drop him some money if Even you like him. Even though he is dead wrong about the blanket pardon issue, he and I got into a fight on Twitter. I know, so, but he's yeah. overall, he is a good yeah, dude, yeah. and he yeah. is. And yes, you know, he's, he is, he's a quirky libertarian like me, but um, I'm not even a libertarian anymore. I'm nothing. I'm like dark. I'm you're I'm black pilled. You're black done. Pilled. I'm, you're out. I'm titanium pilled. I'm titanium pilled. I'm just like, <laughs> let it burn. Uh, but I think I'm hoping that'll change. I'm hoping that I'll, um, you know, come around and I'll believe in I'll believe in sunshine and puppies and rainbows again. But oh, anyway, no, don't you dare, don't you dare do that. No, I'll me. never be that happy. Um, I'll always be cynical. But, uh, so. Anyway, back to Tom Massey. He fought to get this footage, and right. and Darren has been really good on this from the beginning. He's been yeah. all over the J6 inconsistencies with just forensic breakdowns of what's going on in the videos that we're seeing and the weird, like, primitive video quality that is even – it's like 40 years ago level video quality. Like, your average ring from Amazon has better – uh, resolution, oh, no doubt. right? Then this like, like one frame every five seconds uh, <laughs> thing that suspiciously was released by our premier law enforcement agency uh, to for the public when they were like, "Hey, find this bomber!" Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so well, and I think we could very safely say at this point, the bombs, quote unquote, bombs, devices, props, whatever you want to call them, were not set the night before. To Darren's no. point, if this had been sitting there for 17 hours, now it was very cold, very windy those couple of days. January 6th, I think, was like 18 mile an hour winds. Yeah, very really cold. nasty. The day before, it's and this device is kind of propped up on a bed of dead leaves between these benches. That would have been covered by something. I mean, DC is not a clean city. It would have been, you know, covered by, and there were tons of people in the city. So garbage, debris, leaves, you name it, would have, at least it 
wouldn't look like, oh, hey, I'm going to take this out of my backpack right now, set it here, and then you guys pretend that I just told you there's a bomb. Well, also, people do walk around there. I mean, it's not, yeah. I mean, there people do walk around. There's a parking lot across the street from the RNC for the House of Representatives. So people do, staffers are working. Um, people live there. There are brownstones right across, right there. I mean, it right adjacent to uh, the RNC. That's how our friend who is doing laundry found the one bomb. But there are people all over there that live right there, right there, not even kind of there, right there. Right. So it's, it's, we're really, we've always been asked to believe something that's laughable. It's just that people don't know any better. And it's been, like I always say, it takes like two years for us to figure out what's just been, what was done to us yep. so in two years we'll get the transcripts that were deleted or shredded or bleach bitted to uh call back to hillary clinton and her server uh from the j6 committee the fake j6 committee so you know godspeed anyway we are out of time what that ah. went by quickly it always goes by quickly yes. so julie are we going to be here next week yes we are what is next week is it the first? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be here. Yeah, we will, because the week after, I'll be in D.C., but you'll be... I'll be home. in Vegas. Vegas, yeah. The Nevada caucus. Oh, that's right. Oh. I'm getting an MRI. I will be here, but I am getting an MRI that day, so that's oh. happening. It's exciting. Uh-oh. Well, now tell everyone's going to worry that this is something serious. It's not serious. Well, I, I am getting a MRI of my lumbar back, because I hurt my back on the leg press at my gym because I don't follow instructions and direction. I don't listen to people who know better than me. So I have paid a price for that. Um, All right. So thank you again for listening. We will be here next week. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and rate us five stars on iTunes or Spotify. Have a lovely weekend and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.